0: All right, and welcome to Psychology and Stuff, the podcast of the University of Wisconsin Green Bay Psychology Program. I'm Ryan Martin, chair of the psychology program and host of Psychology Stuff, and we have a very cool special episode, live episode, with an audience here today of students who are uh, visiting at our psychology open house. So I'm um, really excited to have them here, and they're going to be asking some questions a little bit later. My guest today uh, is a, a health psychologist here at UW-Green Bay in the psychology program, uh, actually, a psychology and stuff all star at this point because oh, you've been in you. many right, episodes. Right. Doctor Regan A R Garong, how are you, Regan?
1: Very good, very right. good. Great to see people that you know from far away.
0: Yes, yes. So, um, my, um, how many episodes have you been on? Do you know? Three or four, maybe. Okay, yeah. so quite a few. A variety
1: of different fun topics. But and all of you here should go back, get the app, and uh, listen to those old ones. They're goodies.
0: Yes. So, and yeah. I want to say that this is the first time though that we've spoken about health psych. Yes, it is. We've, normally, we're talking about teaching-related stuff, because you wear Life, many Life, the universe,
1: and everything, and yes. now it's health, so that's great. Because you wear many, many hats yes. here on campus.
0: So, um, All right. Uh, let's start with our discussion of health psych. Um, what is it?
1: people what health right. psych. All right, health psychology. So the, it's pro- when you think about psychology, I think health psych is one of those things that I find the most fascinating because it's we all want to be healthy. We all mm-hmm. want to be healthy. And in a nutshell, health psychology is all about how can you use psychology to live a healthier life? So uh, do you want to be more physically active? Do you want to eat better? Do you want to do fewer of those things you shouldn't be doing? Health psychology can help you do that. Uh, and most importantly, I think health psych can help us deal with something we all face and have problems with, and that's stress. So the field of health psychology, really, to carve nature at its joints, as it were, there are a lot of clinical psychologists in there, there are a lot of social psychologists in there. But really, when you look at it from a topical standpoint, it it encompasses all the things that we do as human beings. So uh, stress, how do you cope with stress, health behaviors, uh, how can you increase healthy behaviors, how can you decrease unhealthy behaviors? And, of course, something that we are also not too far away from, we almost all of us know somebody who gets sick. So health psychology looks at how can, what can we do to prevent us getting sick? When we do get sick, how can we cope better? And what are those things we can do, especially those psychological things that we can do to help us recover faster? Mm-hmm. So really nice, applicable stuff.
0: And so how did you get interested in it? Because your background is in something... Right. Uh, not very different, but relatively different. Right,
1: absolutely. So as an undergrad, uh, I was a psychology major and a biology major, a double major for a good period of time, until I realized that uh, to be a double major at my college, a very fine Carleton College in Northfield, Minnesota, that I had to do two major comprehensive exams. And I thought, you know what, I really like biology, but I don't like it that much. So uh, I, dis- I I dropped the bio major, and my psychology honors project, and, and I love this about psychology, I, You know, behavior is not a straightforward thing. It's not like I can say, oh, I can predict your behavior with one thing. Behavior is a whole bunch of stuff. So because I was interested in biology, I actually did my honors project on both something social but also used <coughs> biological measures. So I kept that biology thing going. When I applied to graduate school, I applied to social psychology programs, And social psych, really the study of the situation. How is it that the situation influences what we do? Really loved that element of it. Uh, Got a Ph.D. in social psychology. Uh, Also, part of it was personality. How does our personality influence behaviors? And it was real natural to bring back my interests in biology um, to study health behaviors. So when I got the, the Ph.D. in social psychology interested in a lot of behavioral sort of things, but I looked around. I really wanted something that was applicable, and I love how health psychology really applies to health. I mean, we all want to be healthy, and uh, this was a perfect blend of it. So I looked around for programs, in health psychology, and uh, I've been here some time, so even back, especially back then, there weren't a lot of health psych programs, Uh, they were often specializations, but I looked around, found some really neat places to go, and uh, UCLA had just an absolutely wonderful health psych program. Uh, One of the people who actually really was instrumental in starting the field was at UCLA, is at UCLA, Uh, and when I got an offer to go there, it was, uh, I didn't really have to think too much about it, so... Uh, health psychology at UCLA, perfect place to take my social psychology and fine-tune it using health.
0: Okay. Now, as far as sort of disciplines or sub-disciplines within yeah. psychology go, is, is health psych newer than some yes. of the other areas?
1: Yes. So, absolutely. So, health psych... Uh, Kicked off in the nineteen seventies, so uh, APA's division for health psychology division thirty eight kicked around in the seventies. The uh, like many of the other areas in psychology, a group of people got together and said, "We really need a specialization in this," mm-hmm. uh, and that took place in the seventies. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not been out well. If you're 20, it's been out forever. But if you're an oldie like me, it's relatively recent in terms of of the areas out there. And it's only really been the last 10 to 15 years that there are actually PhD programs in health psych specifically. For the most part, it used to be you go get your your PhD in social psychology or clinical psychology with a specialization in health psych. Mm -hmm. But now you can actually go to some pretty good schools and get a PhD in health psych.
0: I feel like there's other areas within psych where this is, uh, I mean, I think... Talked about a lot about sports psych yep, recently. Absolutely, and it seems like a similar sort of area, and that it used to be clinical and counseling right. was the route you went. You know, now I think we're seeing more sports psych programs cropping
1: up. And although I could probably pick a fight with some sports psychologists out there, I'd like to think about it as sports psych today <coughs> is where health psych was maybe ten years ago. It's that whole we need our own area, we need to do more. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and just like just like my blending of, of social and biology, I think sports psych is perfect in terms of taking social social psychology, looking at how can we inform improve performance. And for all of us, whether we're athletes and on a team or not, we want to know how to be mentally tough. We want to know, uh, you know, and whether you're watching uh, your favorite football team. And I know your and my favorite football team is a little different. But uh, when we're watching our respective favorite football teams and they and they don't play well, it's great to take a look at it from a psychological perspective and go, "Hey, what could they have done differently?"
0: I'm going to give you the same answer I gave when you interviewed me 12 years ago. I like a lot of different teams. That's right. That's right. Uh, Very diplomatically. I support the but, NFL that's right. that's and right. like a lot of different teams. So. Yeah. Um, so my, my, uh, one of my questions for us, so we talk a lot, and you get a lot of national and even international recognition for your scholarship on teaching and learning. Um, and, and that's something you and I talk a lot about and we collaborate on. One thing I don't know as much about is your work in health psych. So can you talk a little bit about some of the research you do there?
1: Well, actually, interestingly enough, you know, talk about how life dovetails. My most, one of my most recent publications that even you don't know about is actually on health psychology in the teaching of psychology. Hmm. So um, uh, Tracy Revenson, who's at uh, CUNY, uh, CUNY in New York at Hunter, at Hunter College, uh, her graduate student, and I did uh, one of the first national studies of how people teach health psychology, okay. uh, surveyed about over 150 different uh, courses and syllabi, and uh, summarized for the field what people are doing and uh, what needs to be done. So it's interesting you say that, but, but interestingly enough, one of my most some of my most recent stuff in health psych is how can we teach health psych better? Okay. Uh, that said, my health psych research has really, um, it's, it's taken on a very applied uh, field. So for example, here in Green Bay, uh, there's this great organization called Live 54218, which is dedicated to making brown county a healthier place it started by uh, with a main goal of reducing childhood obesity you know there are a lot of heavy uh, children and heavy adults but the goal was how can we help people get uh, deal with obesity issues and uh, a lot of the health psych research that i've been doing recently is helping with assessments in that program and um, and uh, really looking at how whether interventions are working or not so that's a very applied sense after coming here, also doing something that actually is very much on the crossroads of health psychology, sports psychology, and psychology. Uh, Some of my recent work, Couple of different projects sponsored. Uh, some of our great students who've done honors projects with in sports. So uh, right now, uh, Megan Powers is doing uh, uh, athletes' mental health. Um, Devin Schultz, who's now uh, in in Denver, it did you know, the coach-athlete relationship and and performance. Uh, and that sounds very sports psych-like, but I took I think I brought a very health psych kind of approach to it. So okay. most of the current health psych work is. Um, very much looking at applied things and then because of my something that I've grown to really like doing is help people by taking a look at the very large part of what's out there Mm -hmm. and putting it together in a form that's useful so, for example, I mentioned that 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 paper on how to teach health psych, uh, and uh, the same Tracy Remsen and I are co-editing uh, a handbook on health psychology. So that's really stands. It's going to be. It's designed to be a reference for the field of health psychology. We have uh, thirty-two authors from all over the world contributing chapters, and Tracy and I editing it, uh, and that that should be coming out uh, early next year. So, so a lot of my work now is big, big, big picture. What's going on in the field of health psychology? What what needs to be done. How do we advance it? What? All from little Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, right. Perfect place to do it.
0: Well, let's talk about that. So I'm, I'm curious about, I've okay, got two follow-up questions, mm-hmm. I guess. One is I want to talk about the the class because you teach a health yep. side class, uh, you know, at, at least once a year yep. at this point. Yep. Um, sometimes. How do you, uh, tell me about the class. What What oh, do yeah. you, you cover in it? Uh, things like that.
1: You know, it's funny because uh, to quote one of the students, the class is almost a manual for life. And you know, to quote another student evaluation, this class should be required for anybody at this university because it helps me live better, right? Of course, that's saying nothing about me. It's about the class, which is great. But it's I think that the underlying thing there is it's under it's it's applied. Mm-hmm. Um, so the class is divided up into the three areas that I described for the field. We spend the first third of the semester talking about stress and coping why do you get stressed you know how what are the best ways to cope we spend another third of the semester on health behaviors how can we predict why some people exercise and some people don't why why are some people why do some people smoke why do why do other people have trouble stopping to smoke so a lovely chunk on health behaviors and then we spend the last third of the semester on uh, illness and coping with illness um, you know again I think many many of us many of us know somebody who has cancer Cancer, somebody who has uh, coronary heart disease that's that takes a lot of coping and there are some skills to help somebody cope with it but more importantly there are both biological and psychological things that each of us can do to make that illness more manageable with the big variable or the big target being improving quality of life so we talk a lot about quality of life all of us you may say I want to be happy Really, from a psychological standpoint, we want to try and increase quality of life. We want people to have a good quality of life. Uh, It doesn't mean just because you have a chronic illness doesn't mean your quality of life has to suffer. It does because of some of the biological issues, but that's why psychology is so powerful because it says, in addition to medicine, in addition to medical treatment, how can we use our mind? That thing that you and I walk around with all the time, how can we use it? to the best of its capacity to make our quality of life better. So that's what the class is about. And as you can tell, you pick up these tools, wow. You can use it just about, no matter what your major is, no matter what you go on to do, you can use this to to fine tune your behavior.
0: And there's a project you do in that class, or at least you used to do in that class, where students pick a behavior. Can you tell people about that? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So the very first week of class, and think about this, right? Audience people, right? We say, hey, pick a behavior that you'd like to do differently. And the very first week of class, you pick a behavior and you set a goal for yourself that... Uh, by, whereby by the end of the semester you want to get to a certain part. So for some people it's I want to run more. For some people it's I want to meditate more. For some people it's I want to sleep more. Uh, for some people it's the classic I'd like to lose a little bit of weight or I'd like to eat better. It doesn't matter. I say pick a health behavior, um, come up with a plan, and then log your efforts. And what what's really neat is... We then use the material from the the, the middle portion of the class to help explain why your personal change either worked or didn't work. So what becomes really neat, it goes from read chapter 6, which is the chapter on health behavior change, it goes from read and know chapter 6 to, hey, you tried to change your behavior, why didn't it work? And you go, wait a minute, now chapter 6 makes a lot of sense because, gosh, I tried this, and, oh, you know what? It it mentioned this theory, it mentioned this model, that totally explains why I failed you know? And I think that's the really neat part. Um, there's another project that I'd like to mention too, Please. that we do where the entire class fills out or takes part in, um, <clears throat> a model of a research study that I actually did on this campus. So uh, speaking about applied work, one of the first things I did when I was on campus is I, I collaborated with the health and wellness center here on campus and we studied an exercise program. So, um, it was called uh, UWGB Good Bodies Program, right? It was basically to help people get healthy. And we did this wonderful study where we, we measured people at the beginning of the semester when they joined this program and at the end. And we tried to predict what are the personality characteristics or things that would predict success, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we measured social support. We measured perceived barriers. We, uh, you know, a whole range of things. We, we measured how vulnerable do you think you are? How susceptible do you think you are? So we got this really nice set of barriers, uh, measures. And what I do in class is I actually take that entire survey from an actual research study and the students take it all. And then I pull out all the names to make it anonymous and I actually give that, the data from that survey back to the students. And mm-hmm. then they use their skills from research methods, they use their skills from statistics, and they ask questions of their own data. So it's really cool where the the class can go, hey, you know what, I wonder if a number of times exercise is related to personality. And those measures are in there, they crank it out themselves. It's probably one of the most, I think, uh, one of the really neat, satisfying things where uh, a skill that many students don't get to use as much statistics and SPSS and research methods, they're actually using in in relation to their own behavior. So there's no right answer. You can ask what question you want, you can ask what a question you want, and you gotta answer it yourself based on the data. And I think that's, next to the behavior change, that's one of the ones I really like because I think for the student, all this stuff comes together. Ooh, the stats class, the research <coughs> methods class, and this whole semester about talking about stuff. It's nicely coming together in a very applied thing. Mm-hmm. And as you can guess, that's a skill where you as a student can walk out into the world, go to any company and say, you know what? I can do a survey. I can, I can, I can crunch numbers. I can interpret numbers. Here's a skill that, you know, you can essentially take to the bank.
0: Very nice. So you mentioned, too, the, that one of the things you do is you kind of take a look at the, the big research that's been done in the area and you, you, you package that for people. What are some, for listeners who are interested in knowing the, the real cutting-edge health psych stuff, what's, what's come out recently that people should know about?
1: So, so really there's a lot of focus on, on what happens as we grow older because the, 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 there is a large number of people out there on, uh, uh, who are who are living longer, which mm-hmm. is great. but now you need to deal with post retirement. What can you do? How can you keep people healthy? Um, the I think one area that that continues to be really cutting edge is what are the better models that we have to to prevent or help. Or prevent adolescent uh, unhealthy behavior. Mm-hmm. So especially, I mean, high school downwards, this, this gap from maybe eighth grade all the way through high school, mm-hmm. that's, that's a time when a lot of us pick up behaviors that are then tough to shake. And on the flip side, uh, if you don't get into some really good healthy behaviors when you're in high school, it's much tougher to pick them up later. So, uh, one of the biggest surprises to students in class is the single biggest predictor of whether you, as an adult, will exercise is whether you exercised in high school. That right there. If you were, if you were somebody who didn't exercise in high school, and some people who sounds like didn't exercise as much in high school, uh, in the background there, maybe from Waukesha, um, um, yeah, yes. yeah, the woman from Waukesha in the back. Um, no, but, but I think that's one of those things is, is how can we get uh, habits to change? So mm-hmm. interestingly enough, this is also mirrored very much, and I think naturally so, in, in, in the trade press, where uh, in the last two years, there are a number of books on how can you change your habits? Mm-hmm. How do you get good habits going? And that's really fundamental in health psychology. I mean, together with all the epidemiological and, you know, medical kind of stuff, that's also, you know, there's a lot of, uh, some of the folks in here went to a neuro demonstration just before this. Neuro is big, right? Clearly, neuro is big. Mm -hmm. But I think it's that habit changing to really uh, throttle up on our own psychology. How can we use our mind to really change some habits? And I think that's where I, I see a lot of work going on.
0: Very nice. Good. So now is the time when we turn to the audience to see if you all have any questions. Do you have questions? Do you wanna go up and, and when you get up to the microphone, tell us your name and tell us where you are from and then go ahead and ask a question. So my name's Taylor and I'm from Slinger, Wisconsin. Okay. Um, I have a question. So you said you guys cope with you know, healthy ways of, like, exercising and such, do you also study coping with health disorders such as, you know, depression yeah. and such? Oh, ab-
1: absolutely. I think, I think when, when the, the definition of health that, the, that, that most of us health psychologists use is, is mental, spiritual, physical well-being. And a large part of that and you know, even in your question, you almost made it sound like this physical and mental, but and the reality is and I think you, you probably know this too, is that those things go together. So so very often, you know, it's really easy in our society to say, "Let's focus on on the physical stuff because you can do a test or you can take a pill." But especially with mental illness, which is a huge problem in society that not enough uh, talk enough about, it goes the other way too. A lot of mental illness actually is associated by physical issues, right? So we've got to keep the mental and the physical both in mind, and we've got to we've got to sort of change the mentality where it goes, look, we can only talk about one, or I don't want to talk about one, or I'm only going to get treated for one because it's more in quotes acceptable. So you're absolutely right on. When we talk about coping, it's, it's, it is, how do you cope with now not being able to lift a bag of groceries anymore? You know, and, and I mentioned the, the growing older research. That's exactly one of the things where somebody has a chronic illness where now they literally cannot unpack their groceries. That's, really dominoes into some significant mental issues because then you reflect on how do you feel about yourself now that you can't do something, in quotes, so basic, right? So, yeah, absolutely, we we really keep uh, a lot of attention on mental illness there.
0: So you guys are more universal.
1: Absolutely. I think when you, and when you say... and, and, and the you guys is right. Health psychology, we use this really big term that I urge people to throw around whenever you can uh, because it makes you remember three main contributors of our well-being. Uh, we health psychologists say we use the biopsychosocial approach. And that nicely reminds us that pretty much everything is bio, biology, psychology, and then societal stuff. Right? And especially depending on where you live, the societal things may be the most important. If you live in, in an area with crime, if you live in uh, an area with a lot of poverty, those societal things will influence your psychology and your biology. So that, and, and that's why I think that's what I personally liked about uh, health psychology is I could take my biological interest and not just be, "Here's one cap or here's the other cap, it's no. Whatever behaviors you're looking at, take that biopsychosocial approach and and try and you know uh, solve what's going on.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Taylor from Slinger. Enjoy this magnet. Nice. That's all right. Right. That's right. We actually in our remaining couple minutes, I have a game. Oh, we have a game uh, all right. I don't want to play. And but for this game, I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer.
1: Ah. Oh well, no, there, all right. I saw a hand moving. Yeah. Uh,
0: if you what's that? You can both play. Okay. So we'll go do that. So here's what you're going to do. It's actually, it couldn't be easier for your uh, for your game, but you do have to split the prize us? if he gets um, so, you get it. So what you have to do is just go introduce yourself. And Taylor, you don't have to do that again if you don't want. But if you want to go introduce yourself, name, where you're from.
1: Hi, my name is Alicia, and I'm from Slinger, Wisconsin.
0: Also from Slinger. Alicia. nice to meet you, Alicia. What are the
1: chances that (laughs) two people in the audience here? From
0: Slinger, right. Outstanding. So, Regan, uh, we're playing a game. Okay. Uh, And this game is actually trivia, and here's the deal. I'm going to ask you three trivia questions. You guys are welcome to help him if he needs help. I'm going to need it. Um, And if he gets two of these three right... You win this gift card, gift card wow. to the Phoenix Bookstore. Wow. So yeah, okay. so the pressure's on you. Yeah. Okay. This is so great. Don't let them down. Okay. That's what All I'm right. getting at. Now this game, I chose this the, the trivia questions around a shared experience you and I had, uh, which was dinner with Al Bandura. So, <laughs> really, <laughs> our producer got the giggles. Okay. Um, so uh, a dinner we had. One of many with, shared experiences. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think Dinner with Al Bandura. Okay. So if you're familiar with the famous Bobo doll study, uh, which it seems right. 100% of our audience so is familiar with So for both of you, it. you can go uh, back
1: to degrees of separation. Al Bandura, us, yep. you. Now, there you go.
0: And while we play this game, I'm going to dig up a picture that I took yeah. with him, uh, which was pretty great. Um, so, But here's part of what was neat about this is that Regan and I were at a conference, and Regan had been, been – talking with Al Bandura via phone or arranging for him to speak. And Regan and I are sitting in the lobby of the hotel, and his phone goes off. And he looks at me with this look of excitement and maybe some shock and maybe some some stress and says, it's Al, it's Al, right? Yes, it so I don't typically call Al Bandura Al, but Regan does. Uh, and so I decided we're going to play a game called You Can Call Him Al. All right. Where I you asked you about other famous psychologists right. psychologist named Al. Okay. And if you get two of those correct, you, uh, they will win this shiny okay. gift certificate for $15 to the Phoenix Bookstore. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready. All
0: right. Question okay, one. Okay, AP Psych. Time? Yeah.
1: On. Pull out the AP Psych. Question
0: yeah. one. This very famous Al had a 2004 movie based on his life in which the lead actor was nominated for an Oscar. Who was the actor? Was it Al Pacino, <laughs> Liam Neeson, or Timothy Hutton?
1: Oh, this is like totally. N- <laughs>
0: well, the guy's name was Al <laughs> right. when he was playing. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> Famous psychologist named Al. Okay. They made a movie about him. You what have to tell think? me who the actor is.
1: I think it's Al Pacino.
0: That would seem like a good guess. I, w- I will yeah. go with uh, Al Pacino. Really? No, I, you, no, you know this movie. No, right?
1: w- 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 yeah, no. I don't think I know this movie. Do you need movie. a hint? Yeah, well, yeah.
0: The. The, the famous Al is actually a very famous sex researcher.
1: Oh, uh, yes. Alfred Kinsey?
0: Uh, Kinsey. Kinsey, yes. Kinsey, yeah. yeah. Okay, dog, so now yeah. that you know that, yeah. do okay. you want to...
1: G- yeah, give us the people again now. Al Pacino. Yeah, no, it wasn't Al Pacino. Yeah.
0: Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Or Tim yes, PM. Liam
1: Neeson. I have, he's on the front cover of the, the CD. Yes. DVD. Excuse me, <laughs> <Alfred>. DVD. Yes. <laughs>
0: CD. You are correct. It was Liam Neeson. Yeah. Nicely done. All right, thank you. So you, you. Yeah. got a little hint, but that's uh, that's how, okay. How many so,
1: years ago? That was like ancient. It's 2004. Well, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I was okay. four. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> thank you very much. Studio <laughs> audience? The studio audience was four. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, thank you very much for that little reminder of <laughs> okay. our agedness. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this very famous Al okay. is a clinical psychologist. And in 2007, right before he died, he was named as the greatest living psychologist. Was it?
1: Now, Albert Ellis. An, an,
0: it, without even it's getting the th- answers, <laughs> you're going to say mm-hmm. that? Yeah. It is Albert Ellis. Right. Are you we guys guess. good with
1: that, at least? <laughs> Thanks for the gift card. Yeah, the, yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. We're still going to uh, ask the let's, third yeah, Let's have the third one,
0: yeah. Especially since you kind of you, know, you know, needed help on this. Yeah, yeah. Question. the first yeah. one, I mean. I, I do want to say, uh, so, about Albert Ellis. I, have you met Albert Ellis? No, I, I have not. I actually, I haven't met him. I went to his talk once. Uh, shortly before or right before was that when he,
1: he w- was with with Aaron Beck was yes. it the Aaron Beck True. Albert Ellis I'm going to
0: go on record as saying I sort of feel like between the two Aaron Beck deserved to be the greatest living psychologist yeah. but maybe they knew because Aaron Beck's still alive right? yeah there you go okay. sorry so anyways uh, Albert Ellis really swears a lot I'm just going to throw that out as a side note uh, talk with about 800
1: people. Can you bleep stuff off if we swear? But, <laughs> yes. you, you, but you'd rather not. But okay, you'd rather yeah, not. Okay. That's a lot uh, of work yeah. for a producer. Okay, a producer um, says, no, please don't. Yeah, okay, so,
0: yeah. uh, but he really swears a lot. So just a side note. Okay, one more question. All right, one more. This, this is all you guys. This very famous Al invented the first IQ test. Was it Alan Bergen, Alfred uh, Simon, or Alfred Binet?
1: I think you guys know this.
0: <laughs> go ahead, Alan Bergen, Alfred Simon, or Alfred Benet.
1: Yeah, go ahead. I think we're gonna go with the last one. It is All right. Alfred
0: Benet. Yes, very nicely done. S-
1: a streak, it wow. Was
0: sort of a trick question in that Alfred Simon is the other person who, uh, but, it, it, but yeah. he, his first name is not Alfred. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I <laughs> so, didn't, uh, yeah. No, I have no idea what it is, but, uh, oh, it's Theodore. I do know what it yes, is. Here's. Yeah, so okay. very nicely good done. Job, so job, enjoy your gift card, spend it wisely. You guys can share that. Thank you. So you're mm-hmm. very welcome. Thank you. Um, that's all we have that's for today. You're... Regan, before. I, I thought
1: you were going to actually ask about Al Bandura's dog. Do you remember? His dog oh, story? He talked he, about yeah. his dog. So Can you tell for, the for, an, for another episode. For another oh, episode, okay. yeah,
0: yeah, Someday we'll have a story yeah. about Al Bender's dog. Yeah. So uh, Al Bender was just given, the, what, the Medal of Freedom? The, uh, the National
1: Science Medal of Freedom, yeah. Yeah. yeah by the so. president, the yeah. previous president.
0: And he's yeah. 91, I think, so. Uh, all right, well, I would like to say a heartfelt thank you, Regan, for coming by today and talking about this. Is there anything else you want to say before you go? You
1: know, I, I think that... When I think about, you mentioned health psych and what's going on with health psych. I think one of the best indicators for me of how, how health psych is growing is that uh, most inter- introductory to psychology books have a chapter on health psych. Okay. Uh, and I think that's that says a lot for a, a, a subfield. So good stuff. Very good.
0: All right. Well, I want to say thank you to you. I also want to say thank you to our producer, Kate Farley. Thanks, Kate. I want to say thank you to our podcast artists. Kimberly Valise, and our next episode is actually going to be another live episode on art therapy. So we have a new pre-art therapy program here at UW-Green Bay. We're going to do a a talk with uh, Allison Gates and some others on that. Sounds super. Thank you all very much.